Curtin Kate Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. We are talking about something here that is super important and very serious. Mm. Have you ever asked this question? Do those who never hear the gospel, never hear about Jesus, do they go to hell? Have you asked that question? How can a loving God, maybe put another way, how could a loving and caring God send anyone to hell? Brad Buser is uh, the founder of Radius International. He's a primary church planning instructor. He's been overseas, and he's shared the gospel with many. And he has written about this, and he joins us from, I believe, San Diego this morning. Hi, Brad. How you doing? Hey, I'm good, Kurt. All right, Brad, let's talk about this. Uh, do those who never hear of Christ actually go to hell? Is Do you get that question a lot in the work that you do? Uh, you know what, uh, Kurt, because of the work that we do and that we're involved with, uh, people are kind of hesitant to ask it of me because— uh, they know we spent decades of our lives overseas because of the fact that we actually believe and we think the Scripture teaches clearly that those who never get a chance to hear, uh, there is no other outcome other than for them to be eternally separated from God in hell. Uh, so I, occasionally I get that question, uh, and when we were younger and serving on the field, we'd come home on, the, uh, on furlough, and people were baffled um, as if God was going to have a plan B out there. But uh, I know it's very common, even in strongly evangelical circles, for people to wonder about, man, what's God going to do with people uh, that never get a chance to hear the gospel? Yeah, and there's a lot to this. So will God condemn the innocent tribesman who has never heard the name of Christ? Um, The way I look at this, and again, we always want to use God's Word as our, uh, our plumb line, uh, the answer is no, because there are no innocent tribesmen. Do you see where I'm headed with this? Would you agree? <laughs> Absolutely. And as I wrote in the article, uh, when the Iteti people who we worked with, uh, when they found out the ramifications of uh, all of their disobedience, um, not, not living up to the light of their own conscience, um, the sin that they lived in, they had no problem with the God of Scripture sending their ancestors to hell. Uh, they don't live. They did not grow up in a litigious society. Uh, they don't see man as inherently good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that definitely goes into the record. If we go to Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul alludes to the fact that nobody has really an excuse because of um, what God has revealed of himself in creation and in other ways. So in other, way, uh, in other words, we take a look at everything, and we can see that, you know, there is a God. I mean, you, you can reject that because you consciously choose to reject it. But there is a God. It's obvious in creation itself. And so that's one step. And, and some people say, okay, well, that is enough light. If people grab onto the light they have, that's enough. God understands and they are kind of grandfathered in. Now, the problem with this, of course, is if I decide that I want to send out some missionaries, uh, or we send out missionaries to share the gospel with folks, if they are grandfathered in based upon the light that they currently have, and they believe that there is a God and and God allows them in his heaven, then um, me sending out somebody or somebody sharing the gospel with them could potentially damn them to hell anyway, because they would have gone to heaven, 
because of what, you know, they knew what they knew what they knew. But if you but if you share the gospel with them and they consciously reject it, then they will spend eternity in hell. So why do we need to send out missionaries? Have you ever heard that argument? I've heard it quite a few times. Uh, yeah, and the reality is we don't want to go to logic first, uh, but the, the scriptures, you know, they are the trump kind of, you know, card, uh, they are the plumb line. But logic itself says that uh, it would be better to leave these people in an innocent state if such a state exists, rather than putting a choice in front of them. And we couple that up with Jesus' last words in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, uh, meant to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Uh, it would seem better off logically to not take the gospel if people are uh, going to be okay, if they stay innocent, so to speak, although there are no innocent people. Yes. Staying in the book of Romans, in chapter 10, the Apostle Paul says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So faith comes from hearing, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. If we don't tell them, we're depriving them, perhaps, of that choice. Think about this, though, just in those verses. You know, it's uh, Romans 10, 13 through 15, and verse 17, the chain of logic here. Let's just camp out here for a second. The only way to be saved is to call on Jesus' name, okay? The only way to call on Jesus' name is to believe the gospel, and the only way to believe the gospel is to hear the gospel, and the only way to hear the gospel is to be told the gospel. So the reality of another means of salvation, besides faith in the Word of Christ, is really difficult to square with this section of Scripture. Uh, Brad, what do you think? No, I think you <clears throat> hit it right on the head. That uh, that chain there of logic, again, uh, makes it real clear that people have to hear the gospel. We have to send missionaries, and they need to preach the gospel. People need to understand the gospel. Uh, this is uh, one of the things that we're concerned with at Radius, is oftentimes missionaries are going out and they have not mastered the languages well enough. So the missionary knows the gospel, but he's actually not preaching the gospel. But people need to hear a clear gospel message in their heart language and then put faith in that. And without that, uh, they're lost in their sin. But uh, yeah, that uh, passage there lays it out from start to end. And yet we, we look at what the Word of God has to say, and God desires all to be saved. Um, that is also present. I believe it's in uh, First Peter, I think it is. But it's, it, you know, God does, in other words, He does not desire anyone to perish. So how do we reconcile these two things? I know we have folks who have, have read the Bible or are reading it right now, and maybe they've run into this conundrum. And they're like, how do I reconcile all of this? And And what about God being loving? How in the world could someone die and, and go to hell uh, when they haven't heard the gospel. And we talked about the fact that there's no such thing as an innocent person. But this is hard, and isn't part of this, we have to—there's a lot—we have to humble ourselves uh, as we approach the Word of God, because there are missing pieces here that we may not fully understand, and it stretches our mind. If, if God says something in His Word, i got to trust Him. You know, he gets the benefit of the doubt always. And if I don't understand, then the problem is with me and not the Word of God. If I can't reconcile this in my little finite mind. Yeah, I, I do believe that, especially in the day and age that we live in, to where the gap between 
the God of Scripture, the God of creation, and mankind has gotten less and less and less. Uh, we don't see the otherness of God like previous generations and, and how um, absolutely right it is that he designs the rules. Uh, he did send his son. He went through eternal uh, separation from his son as his son came and lived among us. He did all he could uh, to bridge that gap and to make the gospel available. And then again, man, our Savior's last words uh, now take this message to the very ends of the earth. So I, I don't think we can lay the fault at the God of, of Scripture. But again, um, this is beyond us to, to understand he is a loving God. He did send his son. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, man's uh, shaking his fist, as David said in Psalm 51, man, I was conceived in sin. Uh, we just have lost a sense of how different from God we are. We, we are human beings, and we're prone to saying, well, I'm having a good day. I've read my Bible today. Even on our best of days, our unrighteousness uh, it just so merits his judgment. And it's only through the righteousness of Christ that's been imputed that we have any standing, even on our so-called good days. Boy, that is so true. You go back to Romans 1, 2, and I mentioned the fact of, uh, you know, it, clearly it states there that, uh, that light is given to each man via creation. We mentioned that. And conscience as well. We should underscore that as well. So no... A person is without excuse. But maybe you've heard it explained this way, that if someone pursues the light they have, God will see to it eventually that the light of the gospel will get to them some way, somehow. I've heard that. I'd like to believe that. Uh, And that makes some sense to me. I probably approach it a little bit differently. When I look at the many times that Jesus uh, spoke to people, uh, especially there in Capernaum and in Galilee, other locations where he said, man, it would be more tolerable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon. Uh, and the, speaking of light rejected, I believe there will be degrees of punishment in hell uh, that not all have rejected the same amount of light. Uh, there were Etetis, uh that did better and worse at living up to their conscience, okay? And I think God's going to take that all into equation. And the thing that I, at the end of the day I rest in is he will do what's right. When, we, uh, when eternity is summarized and, uh, and God has done his judging, as we see, whether it's you know, Matthew chapter 25 or Revelation chapter 20, no one will say that he was unjust in what he did. Everybody that we meet today, everybody we interact with, everybody we see will live forever in one of two places. If they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you know, and the sacrifice for their sins is, is Jesus. He took all of the sins on his shoulders, sin debt paid in full. In a vast, you know, vast world of people, you know, who's going to end up in heaven? Not everybody, only those who have said yes. I believe Jesus died for my sins. The wrath of God for my sin was poured out on him. I believe he never sinned, not even once. And I believe he walked out of the, the grave. He walked out of the tomb, and he's alive today, and God accepted that sacrifice. That is the, the most important message ever in history, is, and that is the one that we must always proclaim as believers and be ready to give an answer for the reason for our hope. Because the other, the opposite part of it is because we are sinners— and God is a God of justice. If we don't have the blood of Jesus covering our sin, then we pay for our sin. There's only two ways to die, if you think about it, in Christ or in your sin. 
We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. Leave your comments and your thoughts. We appreciate your feedback. You can give us a review. Also, don't forget to uh, like us, follow us, subscribe as well. Let's go to the phones here, Brad. We have uh, Kevin from Parrish who's joining us, uh, wants to join in the conversation. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? Great. Some thoughts. So I just wanted to say, I think a lot of people that ask this question almost use it as a like a gotcha question to challenge the faith. Mm-hmm. But you, they, they forget that, I mean, most people, like even in this country, have heard the gospel in some form. And not mm-hmm. everyone that has heard the gospel accepts the gospel. So it's not a very good gotcha question, because that would assume 100% of people that hear about Jesus accept him. Yeah. And there's a difference, Brad, uh, get some thoughts from you on this. There's a difference between an intellectual, uh, you know, decision saying, oh, yeah, you know, well, I believe in in Jesus. I believe what the Bible says. I believe in the gospel. And, And the intellectual assent as opposed to having that own you, in other words, owning your faith. So just knowing about the gospel is not receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, is it? No, very much, uh, very much what you're saying is true. Uh, the reality is, uh, whether it's here in the States or overseas, too often people are never really lost. We are so quick to, to bring the cure of what Christ did on the cross as uh, the justification for their sin, and people really never come to grips with how uh, wrong they are at the core, how deserving of God's judgment, and uh, men, weak salvations, uh, people that at times, like you're talking about, just mentally assent to the facts of the gospel, uh, and they, and because of that, there's really no growth because they were never really lost. They never saw, I have life only because of what Christ did. Uh, man, it, it turns into weak Christians here or not Christians, uh, and the same thing overseas. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was uh, very clear, you know, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, Acts 4. Uh, The Apostle Peter says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven uh, given among men by which we must be saved. Note that he doesn't say that there's no other Savior under heaven, something with which, uh, you know, some folks would agree, but specifically that there's no other name. Apparently, knowing this Savior's name, Jesus, is his precise identity. It's, It's so very necessary, isn't it? Yeah, and it's increasingly unpopular, uh, meant to be inclusivistic, uh, pluralistic, and the age that we live in, man, the, the very narrow claims of Christ, but truth is narrow. Uh, you can't have two and two coming up as five, and uh, man, uh, people with living and dying in their sin without a Savior, uh, there's no alternative. But uh, I think we can all understand how, uh, man, increasingly this message is going to be marginalized. And so those who do have a high view of Scripture— uh, we need to be appropriate, we need to be wise, but we need to be solid on proclaiming uh, the message of Christ and the repercussions that people do not embrace the salvation found in Christ alone. The doctrine of hell is so jarring to us. There are many uh, believers who, they don't, how do I put this, they, they don't believe that hell is eternal punishment. Uh, They don't believe in hell, some of them say, um, and they believe in annihilationism. Basically, it's uh, that we all perish. You know, those who receive Jesus live, but those who uh, do not just kind of, uh, you know, they perish, they're gone, and and they're snuffed out, and that's it. 
it's kind of a way of dancing around what um, Jesus said about hell and what the Bible tells us, what the New Testament tells us about hell. It's so distasteful and it's so difficult that we just want to kind of explain it away. But we are here saying today, right, Brad, hell is real. It's a very real place. Yeah, it's very real and it's eternal. And uh, although, man, historically, uh, man, there have been occasional voices that talked of annihilationism, I don't know if it's ever seen uh, major voices within the Christian uh, faith uh, talking of that. Uh, and, and so, man, there are an increasing amount of believers that are uh, wobbly on the eternalness of hell. And uh, it really does go back to just a lessening of who God is and a raising up of who mankind is. And, man, that is just not the message of Scripture. Yeah. And Scripture is where we go. There again, just kind of repeating ourselves here, but it's so vitally important to remember that the Bible is always um, our plumb line. It's always the benchmark for everything. It's our firm foundation. I, I like the way the British pastor Charles Spurgeon put it, visit many good books but live in the Bible. You know, the most mm-hmm. important thing that we can do, I think, and when we're faced with a, with a topic like this one that we're embracing is to open up the Word of God and pray for Pray for humility and understanding, and and then just embrace what God has revealed, right? Yeah, that's really the only way that you can have a rational discussion, because uh, as I said in the article, if my Uncle Bob and Aunt Susie and my favorite radio pastor, uh, if they have an equally authoritative voice, uh, my own gut feelings, if they're authoritative, uh, there is no landing the plane on this issue. If Scripture alone is supremely authoritative on the topic of hell and the afterlife, uh, then we're left with no other conclusion but that hell is real, it's eternal, and it's not going to be a place anybody wants to go. All right, so we have some folks listening perhaps this morning, Brad, by God's divine appointment, and he's in charge of the appointments around here. Uh, we just show up every day. He's in, he's in charge of everything. They may be listening uh, to this station for the first time. They may be listening to Moody Radio for the first time ever. Uh, maybe uh, they haven't caught Curtain Cape Mornings. And by the way, if I'm talking to you directly, um, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you. You've been hanging in there. You've been listening to what we're talking about. And maybe you're feeling the conviction of the Lord. And you, you have been, uh, you've, you've heard the message before, but you haven't really owned it for yourself. Or maybe you're wondering what the gospel is, and you're like, okay, please explain it to me so I can understand what the gospel is, because I don't want to go to a place called hell. I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but how can I be assured that he is? How do I get saved? What am I saved from? I'm saved from a place called hell and spending eternity with God in heaven. So, Brad, if you would, would you please present the gospel for those who want to be assured and for those who really want to understand what it's all about? Sure. Yeah, the uh, the good news, which is what the gospel means, the good news of Jesus Christ is that mankind who was put in a perfect situation with uh, only one commandment, which was not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, mankind transgressed knowingly, disobeyed God, and from that moment on, all the offspring of Adam and Eve have that same nature of shaking their fist at God, of transgressing his laws, not walking in the light of nature revealed, not walking in the light of our conscience. Um, again, some have rejected more truth, some have rejected less truth, uh, but we all know that we have not lived up to the truth that we know. Uh, we are moral beings made in the image of God, 
and uh, we are deserving of God's wrath because we have not walked in the light of either nature or Scripture or our conscience. Uh, we're, we're lawbreakers by nature, all of us. Some are more, some are less, but at the core, we're deeply flawed. And Christ came and lived a perfect life and offered himself on a sac- <clears throat> as a sacrifice on the cross, shed his blood, and God has said from beginning to end of Scripture, there's only life in the blood. Uh, and that blood was shed on the cross so that you and I might experience forgiveness of sins and have new life and have hope in Christ. And for the person who comes to grips with his sinfulness before a holy God, you may be living in a gutter, you may be living in the, the governor's mansion. Um, the, the current state of your situation isn't the issue, uh, but for the person who comes to grips with his personal sinfulness and puts his faith in Christ alone as his substitute, that person is guaranteed to find eternal life and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. You can pray a prayer like this wherever you are today, and maybe you need to just pull off to the side of the road uh, if you're driving. Um, Maybe if you're in your home, you just need to pause after this segment, and you're like, well, how do I pray? Well, God looks at your heart more than your words, but uh, here's something that uh, you might want to think about as kind of a uh, you know a guide for your prayers. Remember, God is looking at your heart, but this is a template maybe. Say something like this maybe, uh, Lord Jesus, I believe you came into this world to be my Savior from sin. I believe what Brad and, and Kate and Kurt and, and everybody at Moody is talking about. I believe it. I believe in this gospel. And today I turn away from wickedness, my sin, and I place my trust in your death on the cross as payment for my sins. I know that my sin debt is great, but I'm looking to you. I want to serve and follow you every day as my Lord and Savior. Would you fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving your life so that I can know and follow you starting right now, this very moment, and then live with you forever in heaven. Would you come into my life? If you go to the Lord and you lay out your heart, remember it's not the precise words. It's just your heart and grasping what you know of the gospel. Then he will save you. And you don't have to worry about where you're going to go when you die anymore. He will not let you go if you pray to receive him and believe with a sincere heart. You can do that right now. And we hope that you will. Don't delay. This is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Brad, thank you so much for being with us here today. I mean, this conversation is the most important thing we could possibly talk about, the gospel itself. Thank you. You bet. God bless you. You too. God bless you. If that's you and you're receiving Jesus, we want to pray for you. We want to stand with you here this morning. If you text the word SAVED, we'll send you out a link for your next steps. What do I do now is a very good question. You can text the word SAVED to 888-777-6810. We'll see your number uh, pop up, and we will be praying for you. Don't delay. The enemy of your soul, he wants you to put it on the back burner. Don't do that. You can pray a prayer, and your life can be changed for now and for eternity today. Don't let this go. We want to see you, if not in this life here and now. We want to see you in heaven. We want you to be there. Text the word SAVE to 888-777-6810. You can do it. 
right now. Thanks for listening to Curtain Gate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.